Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Good Tuesday afternoon. I mean this with my whole heart. It is so great to be back here with you guys talking about professional wrestling. Thank you guys to everybody who who reached out, who, you know, just sent me a message, just checked in on me these last uh, couple of weeks. Feels like it's been forever, SP3, since I talked to, like, anybody. I, I'm, I'm ready to just sit here and have some fun and talk about professional wrestling. It, it's amazing where we've gotten from where this show started in January, where it almost felt like a chore at times. I honestly feel like wrestling is back across the board last night's monday night raw while not perfect sp3 i think we can agree on that it was just a fun escape like watching three hours of raw isn't a chore anymore and it's 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 more than just that it's genuinely entertaining i think the loomis stuff has jumped the shark i'm ready for that to be over next week he's gonna beat the miz he's gonna get his contract none of this has made any sense we're never gonna get a reasoning for why he just keeps choking out the Miz and then caressing him gently like, you know, he's putting his his two-year-old son down to bed. We're never going to get an explanation for that. Things aren't perfect, but my goodness, are they so much better, and I think that's all we can really ask for at this point. Wrestling is good. It is good across the board. I could watch a, a on a Friday night uh, this past Friday. I got to watch Impact's biggest pay-per-view of the year at the same time. I'm watching WWE SmackDown at the same time. After SmackDown, I'm watching AEW Rampage at the same time. I'm missing GCW. Like it's a <laughs> it's a good time to to be a wrestling fan, regardless of what promotion you like the most or what wrestlers you like the most there is a lot of entertaining television some good matches going on across the board it's it's now fun and enthusiastic to talk about professional wrestling yeah um there's so much that i've missed talking about over the last couple of weeks uh one thing i just want to give a special shout out maybe we'll expound upon it uh after dynamite uh this week john moxley getting a five-year contract extension with aew that is huge uh dave Meltzer saying he never even considered uh talking to wwe didn't even want to use them as leverage he is the flag bearer for aew this is such a big move for him and tony khan and may have had ramifications as far as renee paquette uh returning to aew that's some stuff we're gonna have to dive into uh down the road but there's so much other stuff that we got to get into first things first what is going on ace and safet and santo and queen and andrew and everybody who is joining us in the chat get your comments in and uh, we'll, we'll try to get to them as, as many as possible throughout the show. Andrew asking, at what point is the Miz the babyface? And that's, that's really where this is weird, right? Because the Miz should be the babyface, but everybody hates him so damn much. We don't care that he's basically being stalked and abused and, and molested in certain cases. And there was probably some butt stuff that happened at certain points uh, backstage in this. I mean, when the Miz is just flat out attacking Gritty and laying Gritty out, he ain't the baby face. We're, we're rooting for Loomis in this. I'm rooting for this to be over so we can move on. But I mean, 
it is kind of weird that they've painted Dexter as the baby face in all of this when he's the one doing the creepy stuff. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, there are a bunch of feuds on Monday Night Raw that should have been over after Extreme Rules. Uh, Loomis and Miz, the fact that Loomis didn't get a reaction for the table spot that they probably worked on and tried to time so perfectly and yeah. it did, didn't even get a reaction. The only reaction the segment got is for people wanting someone to actually get some cake in their face because uh, Maurice, <laughs> Maurice did not, missed. Did not <laughs> Maurice missed. Poor Maurice. So, yeah, no, that Brooklyn crowd was good last night and they did not react to Loomis and Miz. This is a sign that this should be over after next week. Yeah, it should it should be over, and it hopefully will be over uh, at this point. Uh, I think another few that uh, many people are ready to see kind of move on is Judgment Day and the Mysterios and all that stuff. And maybe we're taking the next step forward here now because you're mixing in Beth Phoenix. Now you're mixing in uh, the Good Brothers who return. Yeah, I, there's I, a I, lot of different and, waves that are coming with this. And with Judgment Day, it's it's two it's different stories. They have one story going on with AJ and Finn with now the Good Brothers and Judgment Day involved. They have the Dominic and Ray part of this now. They have they've been feuding with Edge because he's their creator and now you've inserted Beth Phoenix. So it's all these different stories. You can combine them into one and make them one, but it's a lot more uh exciting and Judgment Day feels a lot more important. On the other hand of the spectrum, <laughs> Damage control is dead as a doornail. Um, oh, well, we will talk about them. Yes, yes. For, for sure. They are coming up. We are going to talk about them. Uh, we are going to talk about returns on returns on returns. We had the Good Brothers who re-signed with WWE, even though Carl Anderson said he would never go back to WWE. Turns out money talks, and so does a change in leadership. We will talk about damage control. We will talk about Liv Morgan. We are going to get the flowers to two superstars right now who are organically over with the audience, and it makes me genuinely happy to see it, especially especially for one in particular. We're going to talk about a lengthy title drought coming to an end. And we're going to talk about the return of Brock Lesnar and why I was genuinely happy to see him on Monday Night Raw after I was done with him after SummerSlam. First things first, I'm late on this. Got to thank our friends over at Ben Online. Football's back. They continue to be your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll get the latest odds, matchup information, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports teams and events like the MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.ag to join. Receive your 100%. I said 100% bet. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code believe to receive your rewards. That is B L E A V bet online where the game starts and we will start here. The beast is back. Brock Lesnar showing up last night. There were rumors. There were rumblings that he could be making his way back to the company. It seems like any time now that there are rumors and rumblings that somebody could be coming back, unless it's Sasha or Naomi, they show up quick, fast and in a hurry. The Good Brothers and both Brock Lesnar were mentioned just yesterday, and then poof, there they are. So if you didn't even like pay attention to the news cycle that day, you were genuinely surprised that they showed up. I kind of like that. I kind of like hang saying, hey, they might be there, and then boom, they're there, and Brock made a 
major impact on not only what his story moving forward is going to be, but also both Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. Rollins finally ending his lengthy title drought, 952 days since this man held gold in WWE. He beats Bobby Lashley after Brock Lesnar just absolutely lays him out. So it's a good way to kind of keep Lashley strong because not only did he get his ass whooped by Brock Lesnar last night, but he went ahead, went with the match, had a good go with Seth Rollins. Then even afterwards, they explained why Rollins lost the fight pit. At least he made up a heel excuse saying, hey, look, I knew I had this title match. I went ahead and I just let Riddle have his moment so I could be as fresh as possible for Bobby Lashley. So they at least wrote that in because I didn't think it made much sense for Rollins to lose at Extreme Rules and then to come back and win the United States title on Monday. But this all works. And more importantly, they brought back Brock Lesnar and didn't immediately throw him back in the world title picture. I loved this. You separate the U.S. title from Bobby Lashley. Seth Rollins can go on and do his thing. And now we can get back to the unfinished business. That is Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. After that bullshit finish <laughs> they had earlier this year, we can get to the, 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 the satisfying conclusion that we all want between these two. Yeah, this felt like the start of an actual Brock versus Lashley feud. The first time that we got it, it was more or less, it was Brock involved in his feud with with uh, Roman Reigns, and he got kind of sidetracked, basically, by Roman uh, getting sick around day one, won the WWE Championship, and then that put Brock in line for a matchup at the Royal Rumble. This felt like a kickstart to an actual Brock versus Lashley feud in a vacuum fantastic angle uh, it may it makes brock look powerful it protects lashley in a loss love the way uh seth rollins goaded lashley into defending the championship seth rollins as u.s championship is something fresh something new he's a guy that's going to have great matches with that title so he's a great guy to hold the title ending his drought and actually giving him a signature win on this year which i think that he was lacking in 2022 despite having one of his best years however there are some there are some things that in retrospect I'm just like yeah that's not the best because they were organically building Lashley as this monster babyface yeah he was hitting the fans in Brooklyn got a good response from that Brooklyn crowd but once Brock Lesnar came it was Bobby Lashley was a was a bunch of crap it didn't matter anymore the spotlight was on Brock Brock destroys him. Why is Brock helping Seth Rollins win the championship? Why isn't Brock beating up Lashley before he gets a shot at the championship? Is it because Brock Lesnar doesn't really care about that championship? So all of these questions, it, yeah. yeah, all of these questions uh, lead me to be like, yes, in a vacuum, I thought it was fantastic. I love the angle, but coming out of it, it's all about the follow-up. With a lot of great things this this past week, including the big return that we're probably going to be talking about. All I am sitting here saying is, okay, great in a vacuum. Fantastic. But what's next? How are we going to be here next? Because we, I, I'm, we're only, what, two, three months into the Triple H era, and he has already burned me on a return. <laughs> the, the first return that we were all excited about, SummerSlam. Bailey, Dakota, Eho, he's already burned me on that. So I'm not going to be burned again. So I'm <laughs> always going to be cautiously optimistic. But Brock versus Bobby, I think it's a great match. 
for Crown Jewel. It makes sense for Brock to be back for that show. So, hey, Bobby Lashley's in the top match. That's all that matters. Yeah, so I, I think to kind of answer some of your questions there, at least this is what I'm reading into this, and you know I always read into things, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, this was two weeks in a row that Lashley dropped Brock Lesnar's name, that he beat Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar ain't going to sit back and he, he ain't going to take that. He ain't going to let you brag about beating him when you didn't really beat him. You got a massive assist to win that matchup. You're not going to come out here and brag and say you're dominant and you've whooped everybody's ass, including Brock Lesnar. So I think that the fact that they dropped his name last week should have been a clue to all of us. And then Lashley comes back last night and says it again. And then Brock's music hit to me. After that point, it was it was Bobby. It was basically Brock sending a message because if you noticed, and I wasn't the first person to point this out, I saw it on Twitter. I wish I could give credit to whoever said it was. I should start marking these things. But it was Brock who came out and just said, "Hey, look who it is! It's Bobby Lashley." When the last time these two squared off, he made that whole knock knock joke and pretended like he had no freaking clue who Bobby Lashley was. This was all about saying, "Brock, hey." You're on my radar now, Bobby. Get my name out your mouth. I'm going to whoop your ass. I don't care. Brock doesn't watch the show. He doesn't know that he's got a United States title match coming up with Seth Rollins. He doesn't give a shit. That's what Brock Lesnar is. So chalk that up to Brock. Just get my name out your mouth. And he whooped Lashley's ass. And that's it. But like I said, it does diminish the U.S. championship because it, it causes a bunch of questions of... I mean, if he was going to destroy him, he should have destroyed him to the point Lashley shouldn't have got up for a U.S. championship <laughs> matchup. So, yeah, like, the, it, that's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't answer a lot of the questions that I've raised. Yeah, and, that, and, this is, and this is part of the conversation we're going to have when we get to damage control because Triple H is trying to do so many different things. He's trying to kind of, like, resurrect so many people and things, and he's working against himself in some of these situations because he has spent – much of his time rebuilding up these mid-card championships. And then in one fell swoop, he brings back Brock Lesnar, who just flat out doesn't give a shit about, about mid-card championship. So it's kind of like he's playing tennis with himself. He's like, all right, boom, we built up the United States title. And then here comes Brock Lesnar on a, on a little dink, and he just spikes it into the ground and says, fuck your United States championship. So he's basically playing tennis creatively with himself which is going to be difficult because you are trying to fix so many things that are going on at one time, which again, I'm not. When Vince was in charge, you know me, I would nitpick that shit to death, but he is subtle improvements. Not everything is going to make sense. Not everything's going to have a whole lot of continuity because again, he's just trying to fix so much stuff. That's what I'm going to chalk up to this. The United States title is still going to mean something, especially since it's on Seth Rollins, which is another thing that I love about this. Raw doesn't have a world title, except when Roman Reigns decides to grace us with his presence on Monday night. So that United States championship, that that's the title on Raw. That's the main championship on Monday Night Raw right now. Seth Rollins has been doing some of his best work over the last three years. He deserves to have a run, and I'm hoping that this run with the United States title is very similar to what his Intercontinental Championship was, what, seems like five years ago now at this point. Was Four 2018? Years Four, Four years, years ago? ago? Yeah, yeah. 2018. Dude, I've lived 10 years in the last two weeks. <laughs> so I, I don't know what time it is anymore. But I do have high hopes uh, for Seth Rollins' United States title run, uh, which we'll talk about here coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Brock Lesnar, not the only return last night, SP3. 
we kind of all hoped that this was the direction that it was going to be going. And this, to me, was the segment of the night, right? This is after, like you said, Judgment Day has got so many different storylines that they've kind of weaved them their way through now. You got Dominic, you got Ray, you got Rhea and Beth Phoenix, and then you've got this story between Finn and, and uh, 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 AJ Styles. And it looked like AJ Styles, right, on paper, because we all knew that he wasn't actually going to be giving himself up to the Judgment Day. He set up Finn hook, line, and sinker, gave him the big old hug, and then we got the meme of 2022. Finn Balor's facial expression when the Good Brothers music hit last night was just chef's kiss, so damn good, added so much entertainment value to that segment, which was already good. They come out there. The OC's back. They beat the shit out of Judgment Day. We are off and running. And again, I chalk this up to money talks, and so does a change in leadership. You can sit here and everybody's ragging on Carl Anderson or Luke Gallows, whoever said they were never coming back to WWE. Yeah, they weren't going to come back to WWE with Vince McMahon in charge, but now that Triple H is there and they they know they're going to be putting a good storyline, they're going to let the OC kind of run as what the, they should have back in the day. Hell yeah, they're going to come back to WWE once their impact contracts run out. This wasn't a dumb decision. The thing I find interesting here is, is Carl Anderson's currently a champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling, so some kind of deal had to be worked out here, which also, to me, which is why this is such a big deal. You have a current New Japan Pro Wrestling champion in WWE. Who knows what doors that could open if you're willing to negotiate and work with other companies like that? Yeah. I just think that it's Carl Anderson's going to lose the championship on November 5th. That's all it's going to be. I, I don't think that I think that a lot of people kind of jumped to conclusions with this. I think that it's great if WWE allows him to defend the championship against uh, the never open weight championship against Hikaleo on November 5th at Battle Autumn for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So he could drop the title. And I think that Carl Anderson, uh, you know, he's left New Japan in the past. He has all those connections very close with Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero was the reason that they got back to New Japan um, recently, actually in May. And, you know, he was able to win his first singles title there. So I know that he would want to honor that booking that he has with them. So I think it's great that Triple H and WWE allows them to do that. And I 100% agree with you. This was the segment of the night, just how AJ pulled it off, you know, calling Finn Balor saying i uh, you know from the time we met in japan yeah. uh till now i've always been my brother's keeper i was like oh great line great <laughs> line great line i was like good brother's keeper <laughs> i was like that's great that was great I, I did notice they're not calling them the good brothers they're calling them gallows anderson the oc hate that name don't get me started on that name uh <laughs> I, whenever i think of uh, the oc and they start saying it i'd be like carl anderson is ryan atwood and uh doc gallows <laughs> is uh seth cohen so yes i know my oc uh laura so but uh other than that, I really enjoyed this. This was the segment of the night. And the Judgment Day feels hotter than they've ever been before. Between the finish to Edge and Finn's I Quit match at Extreme Rules, that great Attitude Era type booking that had the crowd on their feet to the reaction that Dominic Mysterio got that great segment with Dominic and Ray that that was before that with Ray playing the sad father with the ugly cry looking like Dawson from Dawson's Creek when Joey went to run off and go with Pacey that's how Ray looked when he was crying that was great stuff loved everything Judgment Day does and I am I am 
I am happy to say that Judgment Day has finally feels like they have turned it around. I just wish I could say that for all these stables on this brand. I, I don't know what I'm hearing right now. I cannot believe that all of a sudden SP3 is on the Judgment Day bandwagon and is saying good things about Dominic Mysterio. First thing. He first, was great. I love was. I love that. Hit me. Hit me. He comes off so swarmy. He, very so Heath annoying. Ledger. Right? Yes. Very Heath Ledger in the dark night where Batman is, is just staring him down on the bike and he's like, come on, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Hit, hit me. That was good. Except Ray is just sitting back there like, nah, this is, this is my little baby. I, I can't touch my little baby. That is a grown-ass man who has kicked you and your boy in the balls. Beat that boy's ass. What are you doing? The, when that when he finally does throw down, because you know this is probably leading to a one-on-one -on -one match at, at um, I would say, Crown Jewel probably, right? Uh, they're going to drag this. I think they're uh, going to drag this. I know, but it, it doesn't. How many more weeks though can we watch Dom say hit me, hit me, hit me, and Ray just go, no, I can't. They have to they have to take out Ray. They have to take out Ray like a big beatdown that keeps him out of action for a while. So then when he comes back, you can finally have that moment where he's like, No, I'm gonna beat some sense <laughs> into my child. Uh I would I would do that. I would do that moment before Survivor series. And honestly, at this point. I, you know, I want the bloodline to be in a war games, but I wouldn't mind a war, a war games or even a survivor series type match. They could do a first ever intergender survivor series matchup, have, uh, have Rhea, Finn, Priest, and Dominic versus Ray, Edge, a AJ, and Beth, or something. You could do mix it up any type of combination like that. I would love it. Yeah, because you could do, you know, the problem is, is they really took out. Beth with the, the chair shot. So I was kind of hoping that maybe they would do Rhea and Beth at crown jewel, but that's a little too close to bring somebody back from a, an absolutely wicked concerto, right? Like in a, at least in a storyline fashion, uh, they could still do it. I don't think people would complain too much if Beth showed up a week prior and said, Hey, fight me at, at crown jewel. I think people would want to see that match and genuinely do. And then, yeah, you could probably have Beth lose that match. Cause Rhea should win. And then you could move into the intergender elimination match at, at uh, Survivor Series if you really wanted to, because that would be the next pay-per-view up at that point. I'm all for this. I'm loving everything that Judgment Day is doing right now. Uh, Safet, whoop, hang on. Yep, Safet saying Judgment Day got a, a nuclear heat. They do, especially Dominic Mysterio. People can sit there and say it's go-home heat if they, if they want to. I don't care, man. He's genuinely getting a reaction, and this is the most that people have actually cared about Dominic Mysterio, and it all started with Rhea Ripley whooping his ass. It's, like, amazing, like, what, what can trigger something. And the thing that I saw out of him last night is just him finally letting loose and reacting and, and relaxing and having fun. It's exactly what I said he needed to do, like, three damn weeks ago. Like, just get the stick out of your ass, have some fun, show some personality, and enjoy this. He is so much better now as a heel with Judgment Day, with Rhea Ripley, than he was just, hey, hey, guys, I'm Ray's kid. Love me. Yay. Everything's awesome. He's finally got a character now. I'm definitely enjoying uh, a lot of this. Uh, somebody asked the question. I should have started. There we go. Uh, Frantic World. Do you guys think that New Japan Pro Wrestling can make AEW and WWE work with each other? Hell no. <laughs> Hell to the no. No. Um, 
I, I look just because Triple H is in charge. I actually think that might be detrimental uh, to the whatever slim candle lit hope you had for WWE and AEW getting put together. Because I don't think Triple H has a whole lot of respect for AEW or Tony Khan, for that matter, as evidenced by some of the shit that he's done over the last few weeks. Tony Khan's not not happy. Did you watch his press conference? His whole his, his media scrum is is up right now on 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 this channel. You can check it out. Did I put that one up? I think I put that one up. Anyway, the meme is out there. He ain't taking this fucking shit. All right, he ain't he ain't working with WWE. New Japan. I don't think New Japan would even care to try. To be completely honest with you, but if they, they can, if they they can work with both of them, they good. They Goji. That was their only issue with WWE before when WWE first approached them. That they were like. They were like, "Oh, you work with us and only us." And New Japan was like, "Now nah, we're good, we're good. We were we working with Impact, CMLL, AEW. Why would we just want you? If you want to work with Je- with us and you fine with us working with them, we Gucci. That works out for us." <laughs> One could say we even Usi. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Sami Zayn is so good at his job right now. Uh, so again, we had the Good Brothers return. We had Brock Lesnar return. We had Bray Wyatt return. We had the return of LA Knight. Yeah. And apparently Triple H ain't done, though. Wrestling Observer says Triple H is basically trying to sign everybody back as P3. He wants anybody who's available that was in NXT when he was running things down there. He wants all his kids back, right? Talk about Dusty's kids. Heard Cody Rhodes talk about Dusty's kids. Triple H wants all his kids back. And if they're so pretty much if they're an NXT talent that he had that got let go while he was gone, he's trying to bring him back. Bronson Reed is another name that we heard mentioned uh, uh, today. We saw him bring Johnny Gargano back, Candice LeRae back, hit Rowe back, all these different people. Pretty much if they're a free agent and they were in NXT, Maine and AEW and anywhere else, expect them to come back. <laughs> they don't care about that. They don't care if they hit AEW. They still gonna go after you. Um, I would say I believe that Bronson Reed will be back with the company just based on how uh, everything went down at New Japan Pro Wrestling Decoration of Power with his match with Okada. He had a really good matchup, good big man versus a little man type of battle. But he, after he lost, he basically showed respect to Okada and shook hands. And if you're going to continue being this monster heel in the company, I don't know how that's an effective, uh, you know, post-match angle to do. That was more of a post-match angle to do if this was your last match with the company. So that's what I think is going down. I think that uh, Bronson Reed is most likely on his way back. I also saw that uh, trip, uh, WWE is interested in my boy, Matt Taven. Can we talk about my streak, though? I have a streak of Rick. Since I started doing interviews in 2018, when I interview someone, they get signed. I interviewed Austin Theory. He got signed six months later. I interviewed Mia Yim. She got signed that weekend. I interviewed LAX. They got signed by AEW. I I I, I interviewed the Good Brothers just a, like six months ago. They got their check <laughs> from WWE. And so is Matt Taven next? I recently interviewed Matt Taven. So seeing that WWE is interested in him, I was like, the streak is going to continue. But I, I, it, it's Triple H basically trying to continue the pops. But he is going to probably get into a situation that Tony Khan is in right now. Exactly. That was my question. When is when is it going to reach too much? It, it's getting close. It's getting very close. It's already getting close because we're already seeing cracks in the surrounding with people that just came back already losing matches that they probably shouldn't be losing. So, like, 
and I, I know to WWE, wins and losses don't matter. They do when someone is coming back and you need to establish them in your company. Wins and losses do matter then. Uh, they, do, they don't matter all the time. I think it should be a better saying for them. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think that it is going to get to that point. I think we're like one or two signings away. I think the only person really, the, the only people they really need is like more women. If they get more women signing, I know. I was going to say, if you want to bring in Mickey James, Tennille Dashwood, I'm fine with that. Like, uh, I mean, I don't want them to do what they did to Mickey like they did last time. And, and you could say, Charlie won't do that. That was a different era. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Mickey <laughs> Mickey can continue her last rodeo. Well, maybe Sasha and Naomi, obviously. Yeah, Sasha that's it. Naomi. That's it. Yeah. That's all they really need. They need some women signers. They need Sasha and Naomi for that tag team division. They need Sarah Logan to go with uh, Viking Raiders. Yep. And maybe one or two more women like Tennille Dashwood can come on in and fill spots but men signing they've reached their capacity in my opinion unless they're going to bring in like Taven and Bennett as a tag team they could need more like established great tag teams like that that would be good but we're getting very close as far as male single competitors they need to stop yeah I mean especially if you ain't taking the world title off of Roman Reigns anytime soon unless you're bringing dudes in just to fight Roman Reigns and lose cuz he's already beaten everybody else on the damn roster you're already giving a title shot to uh what what's his name I I forgot his name what what the, Logan help Paul. me Logan Paul thank you thank you Logan Paul um so yeah I don't know it's interesting I think I think they are getting close I mean it was it was so obvious that when they did all those budget cuts right they cut it way too deep They cut the roster way too deep. We were watching the same dudes wrestle every week in and out over and over. And the product was getting so stale. We're like, dude, you cut your bench. You need to get your bench back up. They got the bench. They got, they got plenty of bench now. Like, and and that's good, right? Cause you don't have to feature everybody every single week. You know, I, when the hell was the last time we saw Champa? Was there a reason he got written out that I missed? Like, they they added a line in Mrs. Uh, uh, segment last week where he was like, "Oh, I haven't seen Champa in weeks." So yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. Maybe he's maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's taking some time off. I don't know. But that's the thing, man. Is you got your got your roster so deep right now, guys can afford to take a couple weeks off. Kevin Owens wasn't on Raw last night. I don't think that I did I miss him. So he hasn't been on Raw the last two weeks because, but he was on SmackDown. Yeah, right? he was on SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm if I say something that's incorrect, by the way, y'all, please correct me. I've been in and out the last couple of weeks. All right. I've seen a little bit about a little bit. Uh, but uh, what I did see last night was the DX reunion SP3. How'd you feel about the 25 year uh, celebration last night? Folks, we don't got that much time. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the five count. I did see a lot of people who were saying that it it fell flat, it fell corny, it fell old. I'll say this much. I think it's supposed to because what was cool 25, 30 years ago, it tends to get old for the newer generation. I think they kind of did that on purpose. I did see somebody say that uh, Marcel says I missed an, uh, they missed an opportunity. They should have let Bray attack DX. Yeah, maybe, but unless he's going to be feuding with any member of DX, what's actually the kind of point in that and they're not going to put triple h puts them it puts them over all, all they had to do is cut the lights when they do the line they get all the catch raises in oh you got no doubt about it. That two words for you you say suck it uh. and then the lights go out then you hear he's got the whole yeah in his hands and then the lights come back on and dx is all laid out with the puppet people behind <laughs> uh, around the ring 
that puts them over, that gives us an angle for the big Bray Wyatt return that everybody was watching this show for, and you didn't follow up on it with nothing. That that little video package, Revel in What You Are, that was nothing. They should have at least done something like that. And and with the way I just wrote it, Triple H doesn't take a bump. He yeah, just lays right. down. Yeah, the basically the Ric Flair treatment, right? Yeah. Here, we're going to put you behind a closed door. Then we're going to lay you on a jacket and Batista is going to drag you across the floor. That's pretty much exactly what's going to happen. So, yeah, I guess they could have done something like that. But again, it's going to it does build intrigue. You know, he's going to be on SmackDown. He needed to be on SmackDown anyway, because Raw's roster is too deep. They need another singles competitor. And they have added a bunch of acts uh, over there on uh, on SmackDown. Now, SP3, you should be happy. We get Legato Del Fantasma. We get LA Knight, who's now back as a singles competitor. He's going to be wrestling Mansois this week and yeah now they have added bray wyatt we will talk about bray coming up here in a little bit but let's dive into this shall we it's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network so seth rollins wins the united states championship last night that is gold for him for the first time in 952 days which is insane to me sp3 but there's actually a lot of title droughts that are going on in WWE right now. What is the next one that needs to come to an end? I have a feeling where you're going to go with this one, but I've been wrong before. Kevin Owens. It's I knew you were going to go. Kevin Owens there. all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Kevin Owens' drought needs to end, and it needs to end with him and Sami Zayn defeating the Usos for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champion. Would you like to take a guess at how many days it has been since Kevin Owen has held gold in WWE? I mean, it's it been since 2017, Rick. I know. <laughs> That's five One, years. 1,922 days. The last time he held gold was the United States Championship, July 7th, 2017. I got some other names for you. How about Baron Corbin? 1759 days united yeah. states championship december 17 2017 i'd like to see him hold i like baron corbin i think he has been uh, a key cog on a lot of things he eats a lot of shit he does the job for a lot of people i'd like to see him actually have a chance uh to to have a little bit of glory someday in wwe nah. Nah. i wouldn't pick him necessarily over kevin owens Here's one that I think should happen sooner rather than later. How about a guy who hasn't held a title in 4,197 days? Granted, he was retired for most of that. I would like to see Edge win something at Man. some point. I would like to see Edge win something. Alexa Bliss is another one, 858 days since she last held the women's tag team titles on June 5th, 2020. But if you go for singles gold, it's been 1,547 days. I would love to see her finally get uh, featured back in the main event scene. And here is actually my choice. Mustafa Ali, never. As long as he has been in WWE, he has never held a championship. I think you have set up something nicely earlier on. Uh, what was it, last week where Seth Rollins stomped Mustafa Ali after his match with Bobby Lashley? They maybe set something up there for, you know, in the future. I'd love to see. I don't say you think you got to do it today but or even next week. But I'd love to see Mustafa Ali be the guy who takes the United States title off of Seth Rollins uh, if and when that time comes. All right. I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. 
My boy Bray Wyatt is back. I am so damn happy that Bray Wyatt is back in WWE. That was an absolutely magical return at Extreme Rules. It was played to perfection by WWE. And by the time that SmackDown rolled around on Friday, they weren't even playing around anymore. They just said, hey, it's Bray. Here's Huskis the pig. He's there. It's not a, it, it wasn't a red herring. It was actually Bray Wyatt. From the moment that they turned out the lights, you knew it was him. And I'm just explaining like my my thought process through this, right? Because there's always that tiny little it ain't it ain't true until you see a body, right? Like it's the horror movie, like or or in the Avengers. They ain't dead unless you see a body. I knew you knew it was Bray, but there was still that little yeah, but in the back of my head. So the lights go out. Oh, it's gotta be Bray, but I need to see him first. Then they get to the whole world in the hands, like, oh well, it's definitely Bray. Gotta see him first. And you see all the Firefly Funhouse characters coming to life. Oh, well, that's got to be Bray, but I got to see him first. Go through the Funhouse with all the puppets, with the cobwebs hanging off of them. You get the new mask. They get the door with the Brody Lee bright light flashing, which I thought was a great little homage. The lantern's coming out. Got to be Bray, right? Got to see him first. And then he takes off the mask. And then the the sound and the joy that just exploded from my body was it was like I was there in Philadelphia for that massive pop, the goosebumps. You couldn't even hear the man say I'm here. I loved everything about it. I am so genuinely happy. And immediately you go on social media and everybody's celebrating or everybody's saying, ah, Bray's never been that good anyway. Why y'all happy? But then you get that section who wants to compare everything, SP3. They got to compare everything to everything. Well, which return was better? Was it, was Bray's better than CM Punk's? I'm not going to do that. But I will say that we have been treated this year to two of the best returns as far as people who have left the company and come back in since I can remember in Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania this year and now Bray Wyatt coming back. I'll ask you this. Which one did you enjoy more as a viewer? Was it Cody Rhodes or was it Bray Wyatt? It was Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt, uh, Bray Wyatt's return is different from Cody Rhodes. It's different from CM Punk's because Cody Rhodes and CM Punk's returns were shredded in reality. It was about the reality of the situation with CM Punk being away from the business for seven years, coming to this company that is a true alternative to WWE, a place that he hated and made him fall out of love with professional wrestling and regaining his love through AEW. That felt real. That resonated more with people. Similar to Cody Rose, the prodigal son returning. Uh, he was turned down, said that he couldn't be Cody Rhodes. He had to be Stardust when he left the company, and now he returns under his terms as Cody Rhodes with his music from AEW, with his whole presentation. Yeah. That's shredded in reality. Bray Wyatt is shredded in production, creativity, and the character. That's It's, it's so different from those returns, so I don't want to put them on the spectrum. I have two more, two more uh, months to decide what was the best return, best moment of the year, because this is one and two right now for yeah. me, but I don't know which one is one. But as far as my enjoyment overall for it, I would say Bray Wyatt, because from the moment that the lights went out, I was just in awe at what I was watching. I, I really wish that I could put the... Could, to me, these are apples and oranges because one, I was there in person to see 
which was Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. I was there. I could feel the electricity of the crowd when the lights went out and the pyro went up and all of a sudden you get wrestling has more than one royal family and the crowd just absolutely loses their damn mind you get the cody vader coming up he's coming down he's losing his ever loving mind seth rollins reaction really helps selling the moment so just kind of being there and being a part of the atmosphere and feeling the electricity of that moment and what it signified right with with cody rhodes coming in from aew and being cody rhodes like this if this was cody coming in as the American nightmare under the Triple H regime, I don't think it would have carried as much weight as it did with him coming in as the American nightmare and Vince McMahon literally saying, hey, look, this is what I'm buying. You won. You beat me. You proved to me that you are money and I'm going to pay to bring the American nightmare to AEW. All of that, what it signified, what Cody did, his long ass journey and the fact that I was there makes me choose Cody Rhodes here as far as my, my pure enjoyment because I was part of the moment in that moment on, on Saturday, I would have given anything to be in Philadelphia, to be there, to feel that energy, to feel the goosebumps, to maybe be standing next to rambling rabbit or, or any of those other people. And I know, you know, people are wondering is, is why at six going to be another faction or is uh, you brought up uh, uh, on inside the ropes this week. Maybe it's just the sixth iteration of, of Bray Wyatt. Uh, it could be either one. So I know there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that surround Bray Wyatt, but man, I I don't I don't I don't care. Like I know just the fact that he's back is so spectacular. I'm 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 interested to see where he's going, but I I have faith now with Triple H in charge that he's not going to get put through the ringer as far as booking is concerned this time around. So I'm excited. I love both of them. I'm happy they're both in WWE. I can't wait for Cody Rhodes to be back and to be healthy. But if I'm picking which one I enjoyed the most, just for the simple fact that I was there to witness it, I got to choose Cody Rhodes. But do not mistake it at all. I am thrilled that Bray Wyatt is back. I, I'm a card-carrying member of the Rambling Rabbit fan club. I am ready to go. I want to see what this new Wyatt 6 is all about, and I'm going to be tuning in uh, whole, just with so much excitement on Friday Night SmackDown when he makes his return to a WWE ring uh, after, for the first time since Extreme Rules. All right, SP3. Number three here on the five count. What the fuck's going on with damage control right now, man? Um, Man, I, I, I'll just... I'm not going to really even tee this up for you. I'm just going to ask the question, and I'm going to let you go. Has damage control taken too many losses this early on in their tenure? Damage control is suffering from Bray Wyatt uh, disease where they have said they are going to do something and they have not repeatedly done it. That is the Bray Wyatt disease that WWE created. They said they were going to take control. They were going to take over, make everybody's life a living hell. All they do is just attack people. That's what Nexus did. That The loss at Extreme Rules felt like John Cena versus the Nexus. It felt like that. And I'm all for Bianca Belair getting booked like John Cena. I'm actually a card-carrying member of the Bianca Belair fan club. But that was Bailey's time to win. Having a rematch and then Bailey winning there, I thought you would have learned from the women's tag team title situation. There was no reason to put the titles on Aaliyah and Raquel. They, you should have just put it on damage control from the beginning. 
you didn't learn your lesson, and now you expect us to take damage control seriously, but significantly in Brooklyn, the Barclays Center, where Bailey had one of her greatest matches of her career, she got little to no reaction. That should tell you that there's an issue with damage control, and damage control needs some damage control. So this is, again, one of those circumstances where I think, and again, this is just speculation on my part. Bailey is always about putting other people over. She's always about putting other people over, especially the up-and-coming talent. That's what damage control was was centered around, was, hey, we're going to come in. Yeah, I have my goals, but we're gonna. I'm going to set up my girls first. And they did that. It took a little bit longer. I agree with you. There's no point in, in, in putting the titles on Raquel and Aaliyah. They're not even a tag team anymore. Aaliyah has basically been written off of television. And now we got Raquel riding down to the ring on Shotzi's tank. Don't get me wrong. Happy babyface Shotzi's back. Happy the tank is back. I even like that pairing of Raquel and Shotzi. That's great. You're trying to establish a new babyface tag team. Cool. All right with that on Friday Night SmackDown. But after you put the titles on Dakota, and EO, what have you done? What have you done? They became fodder. Like, if you're going to establish Dakota and EO, that's great. If you want Bailey to still lose to Bianca, fine. I That's okay. But did Bianca need to, one, beat them individually, EO and Dakota leading up to the show, and then overcome all the obstacles and beat all three of them single-handedly at Extreme Rules? It's like, okay, yeah, Bianca's great, and she's getting up to the level of the four horsewomen. She's awesome. She's spectacular. She is a freak athlete and one of the best overall performers the company has. She is a star. There's no doubt about that. In a bubble, I don't care. If you want her to beat Bailey, fine. But it's the way that they have completely had Bianca wash over damage control. And then you have damage control come back and say, well, when Bailey gets a rematch, why should Bailey get a rematch? She got her. Y'all got your ass whooped. Well, on what Bianca, grounds, other Bianca, than attacking Candice LeRae, did you earn a, a rematch? Bianca has repeatedly proven she's better than Bailey one-on-one. And then at Extreme yeah. Rules, they prove that she's better than Bailey three-on-one. Yes. So this it's over. They're, this whole thing needed to end. They, they Damage Control needed to just focus on defending the women's tag team titles after after Extreme Rules because yeah. there were so many different ways they could accomplish the same thing. Have Bianca be the smart baby face that puts a forklift in front of the door of Damage Control's locker room so yeah. EO and Dakota don't get involved at all because all that did is make them both look bad and Bailey look bad. Damage Control are chumps. They are now Nexus Control. To me, <laughs> I mean, there, there's still time. Anything can be resurrected. Anything can be resurrected. The talent is there. Obviously, the concept is still there. Look, if they could bring Judgment Day back from the dead. All right. They could bring damage control back from the dead. But again, I think this is the circumstances of WWE the trying to difference do with Judgment Day. Time. The difference with Judgment Day is they got wins when they first got put together. They didn't lose. They no, made Ed's the dumbest thing. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Got but th that's Judgment Day. He was a part of Judgment Day. That was a mistake to get rid of him, but Judgment Day had still been established as getting wins together, at the very least. Yes, they went on a run where they were getting losses at major shows. Yes, but that's after you gave them the wins to establish them. Damage Control hasn't even gotten the wins to establish them as a freaking threat 
And we you expect me to be like, oh, they'll be fine. You know, you know, Bailey will win the rematch and it's gonna be super. Well, yeah, no, I mean I'm look, Bailey in my mind should have won an extreme rules. But I again I can't be mad if WWE wants to continue to book Bianca strong as she should, because she's spectacular. She should arguably be the face of the entire women's division in WWE. I have no problem. Again, I think it's the I think it is the the same thing, right? They're they're trying to do too many things at one time. They're trying to build up EO and Dakota and Candice LeRae, but also, you know, keep booking Bianca Strong, in which case, I don't know why you put them together so soon, you know? So, man, again. That, that, that whole finish, man, just pissed me off. I just thought about it. I was like, why is Bailey? why did Bailey have a ladder in her hand? Like, she helped Bianca. With the last KOD at the end. Like, there's so much things wrong with that finish from Extreme Rules. And there was so many other ways to do it. It's just sad. I, I, I think mean, Bailey, I think Bailey regrets that finish as well. Did you see her? Uh, like, I, I was not expecting to see her on Raw. Because she literally ate that motherfucking ladder when she got that last KOD. That looked like it hurt a lot. It was probably ill-advised uh, in the end. Uh, regardless, we'll see where things go. It looks like they're not done with Bailey and Bianca. I don't agree with the finish, but we'll see where they come and where they go uh, from here. There was a women's title change at Extreme Rules. I think a lot of people expected this one. Ronda Rousey does beat Liv Morgan. I loved the finish. I loved the the MMA feel of it. It wasn't clean. It wasn't sexy, but those are the kind of these these are those kind of matches that, that don't need to be clean and sexy. I love the finish. I love the uh, Ronda using a different submission to choke out Liv Morgan and Liv kind of looking like she enjoyed it. It 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 sh and what they did afterwards with her, you know, sitting alone in the dark and kind of smiling. We feel like there's something else there for Liv Morgan, which is great. But I'll ask this question: Her run as SmackDown Women's Champion got off to a rocky start, ended after 98 days. Yes or no? Do we think Liv Morgan will get another opportunity in her career to be a women's champion? Yes. They tried it out. They gave her a nice little run. Three months is a nice, nice run to see if it got over. It didn't get over. They used the title run to get Ronda more over. That worked. And now we move on. But Liv, I think that she will continue to improve, if she, especially if she doesn't let this, uh, you know, be too much of a setback for her, she'll be all right. I, it, it's so hard. It's nothing against Liv, but I'm kind of leaning toward no, just because the roster really is so stacked and so deep right now. And you still have Charlotte and Bailey and hopefully Sasha and Becky still in the company. They're always going to be in the title picture. I think Asuka is going to get back there as well. Shayna Baszler is long overdue at this point. Then you have the Dakotas and the Eos and the Candice LeRae's that have been added to the roster. Then you have all the other women in NXT who are behind and not that far behind. The depth is so big and there's only so much gold to go around and we know how quickly things can change. Look, we talked about it earlier. Alexa Bliss hasn't been a women's champion in WWE since 2017, since Ronda Rousey squashed her ass. Like, it may never have. Carmella, you would have thought, you know, how things shook out. Naomi, they're long overdue for another title run. It, it just doesn't always happen. So for me, I think Liv Morgan's going to be featured. I think she's going to get a new character tweak. I'm excited to see where it's going to go. But if I had to sit here and say, do I have confidence she's ever going to win a women's championship again? I got to say no, but that's not a knock on her. 
I just know how things progress. Sometimes it doesn't always come back around to you. It just doesn't, unfortunately. I'm happy she got one. Last but not least, two men have gotten so organically over with the audience right now just for the work that they have been doing. The crowds love them. You, you see the reactions that they're getting. Man, who are you more happy for right now watching them work, Sami Zayn or Sheamus? Very happy for Sheamus. I would say that this is his best run as a babyface, and it organically happened. It wasn't as hamstrung and Irish John Cena as his first run as a babyface. Very similar to how he got over as a babyface with the bar with Cesaro. Yeah. He's just an uh, Irishman who likes to fight and like to beat people up and drink. Pretty simple. It worked. It got him over. Very happy for him. But I'm more happy for Sami Zayn. I've seen Sami Zayn's journey since Ring of Honor, since he was the mass skinny mass luchador who always was getting abused by Kevin Steen, his tag team partner and best friend to do evil stuff when he was a good guy, a good old friendly Canadian luchador. So I've seen Sami Zayn's journey for well over 15 years now. I'm so happy that I could say after seeing him in armories with just 100 people in the building that he's on the biggest stage. He's in the biggest story in WWE. And he feels like he is he's freaking Fonzie on Happy Days. He's freaking Urkel on Family Matters. Every time he's about to talk or he comes in the scene, you just hear the roar of the crowd. It's like that's the best character in all of WWE. I couldn't be any happier for Sami Zayn. Boy, I really that is such a great analogy, but I really hope that his run doesn't end like Fozzie and Urkel where they take over and the show just takes a giant shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when you start focusing on the semi on the on the background characters, on the big characters, if they become the sole focus of the show, it sucks. Did the same thing in that 70s show when they put Fez in the spotlight. It sucked, right? So I hope that's not the case. I do have faith that Sami Zayn is gonna get even more over when this eventually blows up in his face and the bloodline beats his ass, right? It's going to be a sad moment, but it's going to lead to something so much greater. I genuinely believe that this man is going to be a main event player in WWE once this all comes together. It is get it is just that's what the path is on. But I feel like Sami Zayn has always had that level of respect with the audience that I don't always think Sheamus has. And the fact that Sheamus is now getting these reactions is getting recognized for all the work that he's put in over the years. And people are finally waking up and realizing how good this MFR really is. Man, that reaction that he got in the UK literally brought tears to my eyes because I'm like, fuck yes, Seamus, good for you, dude. And now he's getting those, not up to that level, right? Because that's home field advantage. But now he's getting these massive pops week in and week out. It happened so organically. I'm so happy for him. This guy deserves this kind of run. And I think he'll win the Intercontinental Championship one day and he'll land on that Grand Slam. By the way, I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, Seth Rollins, now the second ever two-time Grand Slam champion, he joined the Miz by winning the United States title last night. All right, guys. That was a lot to get into. We went over. SP3 is late for work, so I got to stop yapping my trap. Uh, you can find him on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. You can follow me at Rick Uccino, written as you see there. Oh, by the way, guys, if you're new to the show, thank you for checking it out. Hammer that subscribe button. As of right now, we're 17 subscribers short of 500. Once we get there, 
free cash money in somebody's pocket. One lucky subscriber is going to win $100 to either WWE or AEW shop. Check out my pin tweet. You got to retweet what is my current pin tweet right now to officially register for that because it doesn't always list the subscribers and everything, and it's easier to get a hold of you guys through Twitter. So retweet that to officially register, but one lucky subscriber is going to win 100 bucks as soon as we hit the 500. So like, share, subscribe. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. SB3 and I will be back sometime later this week. We'll keep you abreast of when that's going to be because our schedule constantly fluctuates during the week, but we will be back. This has been a special edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.